You're listening to the Law of Attraction Radio Network. Are you ready to change your life in the next 30 minutes? It's time for Power in a Half Hour with Coach Mark. Get your notebooks ready. He's about to go in. Five, four, three, two, one. Coach Mark, let's go. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for tuning in. This is Coach Mark, and you're listening to Power in a Half Hour in the next 30 minutes. We are going to learn the tips, tricks, and techniques of the rich and the super-duper successful. I hope you guys are ready. We have an amazing show for you today, all right? So the quote that I want to go ahead and start today's show with is, when you allow your ego to control your thoughts, everything you believe becomes an illusion, and that's from Rusty Eric, all right? So today we are talking about ego. So the title of today's show is Ego. Edging God out. That's ego. The acronym for it is edging God out. Trust me, today's show is going to be quite amazing. All right. So anyway, I want to thank you guys for tuning in. I appreciate your time and I promise you that I'm going to give you everything I got over the next 30 minutes. All right. If you ever want to re-listen to any of the shows, all you got to do is go to my website, www.powerhh.com. All right, that's www.powerhh.com, and those are recordings of my live uh, teleseminars that I do every Monday night here in the United States at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. If you guys are here in the United States or you want to call the United States on Monday nights, Eastern Standard Time, 9 p.m., you can call in and listen to my live calls, right? The call-in number is 404 one, one. 404-793-7050. That's one. The country code 404-793-7050. I do those calls every Monday night at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Or you can go to www.powerhh.com and listen to the playbacks. All right. Uh, I have a Daily message system, okay? It sends you a daily inspirational, motivational message every single day at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Right now, it only works in the United States, but we're building a platform that will allow it to work anywhere in the world. So to sign up for that, all you have to do is text BBD, that's Boy Boy Dog, BBD to 411247, all right? Uh, If we are not friends on Facebook, please go ahead and find me on Facebook, my name on Facebook is Mark Starr, M-A-R-K-S-T-A-R-R. You could do like Facebook.com slash The Real Mark Starr. My name on Instagram and Twitter is Coach Mark Speaks. Coach Mark Speaks, okay? So definitely look me up so we could connect. We could be friends, and I'll be friends with your friends, and you be friends with my friends and all of that, right? Okay, and the last announcement before we go ahead and get started is if you have not downloaded my new book, I'm still giving it away for free. Now, just because I'm giving it away for free doesn't mean that it's not valuable. Trust me, there are so many jewels in there. I'm getting so many emails from all over the world of people that are reading this book and it's literally changing their lives, right? I'm giving away the online version for free. If you want the physical copy, you got to reach out to me and got to pay a little bit for it. I'm not selling it for a whole lot, but you can download the book for absolutely free. It's my goal to get it in millions of hands, all right, because I know that it will change millions of lives. So you can go and download that book at www.repeataftermebook.com. 
That's www.repeataftermebook.com. If you have a friend that is looking to take their life to the next level, please share this with them. And please share this show with them as well. Because trust me, the jewels that I drop can really help take your life to another level if you listen and apply. All right, you guys ready? Let's get going. Profile number one, George W. Jenkins. He's the founder of Publix. I got this one from my uncle. So thank you, uncle. George grew up in West Middle Georgia where his family owned a general store. In the 1920s, his family moved their business to Atlanta while George stayed behind to finish high school and sell the remaining inventory. In 1924, he moved to Atlanta and enrolled at Georgia Tech University, going to classes at night while working in the day. George didn't stay at Georgia Tech long. He tried a series of jobs, including driving cabs, in which he quit after the first day after getting stiffed, selling shoes, in which he didn't last long because he was too slow, and he sold candy bars on consignment, but no one purchased them, right? He even worked at his father's store delivering groceries, he, although he never worked at the store to learn the business. Soon he began working as a clerk for Piggly Wiggly stores, and after eight weeks, he was sent to replace a manager who was recovering from an illness, right? This guy just bounced around, just went from job to job to job to job to job to job to job. Now, hear how the story ends. He became the temporary manager, but after four months, he wasn't sure about the grocery business, so he accepted a job selling real estate. Now, after making a large commission on his first home he sold, his boss was convinced that he could make a lot of money in the South Florida market as real estate was hot in that area. Around that time, on a trip to Florida, George met a man in Tampa that owned over a dozen Piggly Wiggly stores. All right? So, when the owner heard about George's experience in Atlanta, he offered him a job. Now, within a few weeks, the owner promoted George to manage a store in St. Petersburg. By keeping the store well-stocked and clean, the store that George was managing saw the sales quadruple in less than a year, went up four times in less than one year. He was then transferred to the company's largest store in Winter Haven, which he managed for four years. Now, in 1930, after the real estate bubble burst in 1925, the 1926 Miami hurricane, the 1928 Okeechobee hurricane, and the Wall Street crash of 1929, the store owner was forced to sell the stores to a businessman in Atlanta. Now, the new store owner decided to not visit the stores, so George decided to visit him to discuss the future of the stores. George drove to the new owner's office in Atlanta. Now, while at the office, George was told that the new owner was unavailable because he had a critical business situation to deal with, but George heard him on the phone talking about his golf game. Now, George became enraged. He was furious and returned to Winter Haven and plotted a strategy strategy to open his own store and compete directly with the owner. Now, this was probably the worst time to start a business as the country was in a depression, but with $1,300 of his own money, George raised another $1,200 by selling shares of the newly formed public stock to the butcher and manager at Piggly Wiggly, as well as to a few of his friends. George and five employees, that's it, George and five employees started this new store next door to Piggly Wiggly. Now, the first year, 
The stores battled back and forth, which was even much more difficult because of the Great Depression. But George managed to barely stay afloat while the Piggly Wiggly closed down. Now, as the economy improved, business improved, and five years later, another store opened on the other side of town. Now, during 1940, Publix built the first supermarket in Florida, which many considered to be a food palace. They had all kinds of stuff that had never, ever been seen before in that Florida market. Now, the two original stores were closed down, but George realized that he would have to open many stores to be successful, and that's exactly what he did. Publix now operates throughout the southeast with over 1,103 stores in Florida, Georgia, Alabama, South Carolina, Tennessee, and North Carolina. In 2014, Publix was ranked number eight on a list of America's largest private-owned companies, and it's the largest private-owned company in Florida. Now, in 2014, the company's sales totaled $30.6 billion, and Publix has over 176,500 employees as of 2015. Now, at the time of his death in 1996, George was worth an estimated $1 billion. All started because his manage, his, the owner of the business didn't want to see him, right? And he took matters into his own hand. Started his own business. And now 176,500 people have a job because of this man. Profile number two, Ariana Huffington. Now, Ariana had early success with her first book while she was in her 20s. You could think that she would have been set on easy street. Now, when she decided to release her second book, which was about politics, 36 publishers shot her down. Ariana started doubting her own writing abilities as she felt very depressed and ran out of money. In 2003, after a high-profile clash against Arnold Schwarzenegger in the political race for governor of California, Ariana decided to drop out of the race as she only received very, very little support, like less than a half of a percent. Ariana didn't allow this to set back to prevent her from moving forward. In 2005, she launched the Huffington Post, which is a news commentary outlet as well as a news aggregator. In 2011, the Huffington Post was acquired by AOL for $315 million, and Ariana became the editor-in-chief of the Huffington Post Media Group. In 2012, the Huffington Post became the first commercially-run United States digital media enterprise to win a Pulitzer Prize. Now, Ariana had a positive view on failure. She recognized the importance of failure. See, all successful people understand how important failure is, right? And they just look at failure a lot differently than most other people. Now, because of her mother had instilled this in her at an early age, she said, my mother instilled in me that failure was not something to be afraid of, that it was not the opposite of success. So I had no fear of failure perseverance is everything. I didn't give up. Everybody has failures, but successful people keep on going. That's the biggest difference, right? We all have failures. It doesn't matter who we are, right? How much money we do or don't have. Everybody has failures, but the successful people are the ones that keep going, and that's why they keep on achieving more and more success. Now, profile number three, George Lucas. Now, George Lucas is an American filmmaker and entrepreneur. 
George is the creator of the Star Wars and Indiana Jones franchises, as well as the founder of Lucas Films. Now, when George first decided to go to film school, he was told he would never find a job afterwards, right? When George began to shop his first film, American Graffiti, every studio rejected him until one executive at Universal Pictures decided to give him a chance. Now, this film went on to become a huge success. Produced on a budget of $777,000, this film has gone on to become one of the most profitable films of all time, making well over $200 million in the box office and video sales, not including merchandising. All right. George's next film, Star Wars, was also rejected by all the major studios. You would have think that they would have learned that, hey, maybe this guy has something. Right. But they didn't. They still all rejected him. Now, despite all the rejection, George was confident in his project and he kept going until he finally found a studio that was willing to give him a chance. You see what I'm saying? Successful people, even when they get turned down, once they believe in themselves and they believe in what it is that they're doing, they keep going. They keep going. They do not stop. All right. Now, George never allowed rejection to discourage his belief and his vision for his films. Star Wars has gone on to become the third highest grossing film of all time after being adjusted for inflation. The film has earned over $775 million worldwide, and after the inflation adjustment, $2.5 billion worldwide at 2011 prices. Disney acquired Lucasfilms in 2012 for $4.05 billion, and George has a net worth of over $5 billion. Now, I hope you guys, when you're hearing these stories over and over again, realize that, you know what? Suppose he would have quit. Suppose he said, you know what? Nobody wants this film. Maybe this isn't the right thing to do. I'm going to quit. He wouldn't have $5 billion right now. Suppose Ariana Huffington would have quit after 30 rejections. She wouldn't have been able to sold her business after for $350 million. Right? How many things have we quit at that if we would have just kept going, we would have had the success that we wanted to have? I'm telling you right now, the biggest difference between people that are really successful and people that aren't, it's not that they have better ideas, they keep going. They do not quit. All right? Now let's go to the ego. If you search for what exactly the ego is, you will have a hard time finding a consistent definition. Now, the best way to describe ego is it's our false sense of it's a false sense of ourself. Now, this idea of ourselves creates a bubble around us that separates us from others. Our ego is characterized by labels, masks, images and judgments. Now, let's now look at some of the things that the ego wants and how it can hurt us. All right. Number one, the ego wants to be heard. It's the inner voice that keeps chattering in our mind right that won't ever shut up number two the ego wants safety now the ego creates anxiety and tries to prevent us from taking risks outside of our comfort zone the ego is that thing that's telling us you know what this project isn't for you you need to go ahead and quit all right number three the ego lives in physical reality now what that means is that the ego searches for the answers outside of us not realizing that we already have all the answers within us, all right? Number four, the ego wants to thrive and survive. 
It consumes messages that gives it energy. So it looks for energy that confirms its biases. So if we have a bias towards a person or a group of people, for example, the ego looks for information that supports that bias. Number five, the ego wants to compete. Now, the ego always wants to win. It wants to make more than your neighbor or your friend. The ego is what makes you feel that you need to go get a new car when you see your neighbor or your friend just go go out and get a new car. Now, the ego wants your physical appearance to be more attractive than others. It also wants to always be right as well as prove others wrong. Number six, the ego is envious. Now, because of this envy, it seeks more of what others have. Number seven, the ego rationalizes. It's always trying to justify your behavior or attitude with reasons or explanations, even if they are not true. All right. Now, this ego of ours is a collection of ideas that we carry around that say, number one, I am what I have. Now, because of this, we tend to base our identity on our material possessions. The problem is that if we lose those possessions, then we lose our identity. All right. Number two, I am what I do. Again, we base our identity on our job or career title or our accomplishments. The problem is, is if if we lose our job or career, then we lose our identity. Number three, I am what other people think of me, which is our reputation. We can't base our image of ourselves on what other people think about us. The problem with that is that most times people don't really know who we are. They only know who we've led them to believe that we are or, so, or who someone else has told them that we are. We have to remember that our re- reputation is who people think we are and our character is who we really are. Number four, I am separate from everybody else. This is what causes us to think that we are better than others. We have to remember we all came from the same source. We all came from the same God. None of us are better or worse. We may be different, but we're not better or worse. Number five, I am separate from God. Just as we are all connected to each other, we are all connected to God. God isn't something external. God is within each and every single one of us. And sometimes we just need to reconnect. And number six, I am separate from what's missing in my life. Now, If God is in each of us and in everything, then God is also in everything that we believe that we are missing. That's why what we think we are missing is really already within us. We just may have become disconnected from it. So here are a few signs that may tell you if your ego has become overinflated. Number one, you find yourself being defensive. Now, if you're continually defending your ideas, this will lead to you becoming defensive. Number two, you continually compare yourself to others. Number three, you seek acceptance to justify your ego's needs. So what this is, is that you crave respect and recognition from others, which eventually interferes with your success. Number four, you make a point to always show how smart you are. I know we all know people like that, right? I know I've been like that. Number five, you view colleagues and friends as rivals and you're always planning how to beat them. Number six, you take it personally when someone disagrees with your ideas. Number seven, you disagree with someone because you don't come up with the idea first. (laughs) 
That's funny. Number eight, you prematurely criticize someone else's ideas without considering their value. Number nine, you consistently follow someone else's lead just to keep up with the Joneses. All right. And now here are a few steps that we can take to overcome the ego's hold over us. Number one, stop being so easily offended. Let me repeat that. Stop being so easily offended. Now, we should never let the behavior of others immobilize us. We have to remember that whatever we allow to offend us weakens us. Number two, let go of our need to always win. Ego loves to divide us into winners and losers. Winning is impossible all the time. And when we do so, when we do lose, we end up going back to feeling worthless and insignificant. Number three, let go of your need to be right. Ego is the source of a lot of conflict and dissension because it pushes you in the direction of making other people wrong. Number four, let go of your need to be superior. True nobility isn't about being better than someone else. It's about being better than what you used to be. And that's what we're trying to do. Improve every single day. Become better versions of ourselves. And number five, let go of identifying yourself on the basis of your achievement. And number six, let go of your reputation. Your reputation is not located in you. It resides in the minds of others. Therefore, you have no control of it at all. Wow, what a really, really, really amazing show, huh? You got to go look in the mirror now. (laughs) I know I struck a chord with some of you. Well, you know, we all have egos, and the reason why we're learning this information is so that we can apply this information to our lives and calm down our egos, right? We need to edge the ego out, not God out. So want to remind you, if you want to go back and re-listen All you got to do is go to www.powerhh.com. You'll see all my recordings of all my live teleseminars, all right? I think I have about 53 or 54 of them up on there, all right? Share this with three friends. I know you got three friends that you were thinking the whole time when you were listening to this, you were like, man, I know this information would change their lives. It would help them to become better people. Don't be stingy and keep it all for yourself, right? Share it with your friends. So share this info with three of your friends, right? If they don't, if they can't tune in to the station at this time or whatnot, send them to the website, www.powerhh.com, so they can go and check it out on the website, okay? And they can um, re-listen and you guys could discuss it. I got people that are doing study groups based on um, these calls, right? They, they have accountability partners and they study each one of the calls and Practice the action steps, and trust me, it's changing their lives and whatnot, okay? Um, what else do we have? Oh, want to remind you, still two and a half months left in this year, right? There's still a lot of time that we can accomplish a whole lot. So I want you guys to come up with two goals, right, and one fear. Two goals you'd like to accomplish before the end of the year and one fear that you would like to overcome before the end of this year, all right? There's still a lot of time left in this year for us to accomplish some really, really amazing things. And even if we don't finish the goal by the end of the year, trust me, we'll have a running start into 2016, all right? So always, 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 always. Always remember, come on, let's 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 come up with these two goals that we'd like to accomplish and one fear that we would like to overcome. And the quote that I'm going to go ahead and end today's show with is 
Ego is like a dust in the eyes. Without clearing the dust, you can't see anything clearly. So clear the ego and see the world. Thank you, guys. And until next show. Thanks for listening to Power in a Half Hour with Coach Mark. To listen or re-listen, go to powerinahalfhour.com. Follow Coach Mark on Instagram and Twitter at Coach Mark Speaks. Find Coach Mark on Facebook by searching for Mark Star. Like our Facebook fan page, Power in a Half Hour, and join our Power in a Half Hour Facebook group. See you next week. You're listening to the Law of Attraction Radio Network.